Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Kingsley rolls to the boys, back to Kingsley. Carlson towards no, the lovely no, effort. No, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. The biggest fans of VAR since its introduction into Scottish <laughs> football. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson, who is a little bit closer proximity-wise to me than normal. I'm nearer Tynecastle than you. You are. You, you're, I am. Not, you're not far at all. You can... I am looking forward to being there on Thursday. Yeah. Can't wait. Really can't wait. Um, got a bit of effervescence back after that performance. Want to discuss that? I've got a theory, which we can get into. Um, okay. So, are you actually now finally home from your night out with Stephen and Ryan McGowan? Is, is you back in <laughs> Musselburgh finally? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> eventually. Wow. Got, got home. Bit of, bit of a late one. Oof. Early kickoff, late night. That usually means it's a, a tad messy. But late. it wasn't a late night. It was an early morning, wasn't it? <laughs> it was almost twenty-four hours after I left. I was going to say, don't don't kid a kidder. Um, I wonder what Stephen and his partner now think of of football, <laughs> but, <laughs> just being at the football, uh, and and McGowan's wallet. McGowan's wallet, yeah. My, my, my other half son is poking her head and saying it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there was... Do you know how you get prying eyes? Can you get prying ears? I'm sure you can. So I, I, I wondered, I, I could sense by your tone and the pause that you might have company. <laughs> well, I didn't, but she heard me laughing about Saturday and just poked her head <laughs> and saying it's not funny. And you make it, and you're not, you're not actually having a dig at Ryan McGowan, you said, has Ryan McGowan found his wallet yet? Oh, he because, lost his wallet. Yeah, but, but he was he was paying for he was paying for drinks. So we're not having a dig at him, um, not providing that. But yes, it was one of those nights. Things went missing, unfortunately. So if you find Ryan McGowan's wallet, um, it's somewhere uh, around Gorgie between um, probably the Diggers and the Golden Rule. Uh, then you can tweet him um, or us if you want. There's always that option. Um, yeah. Make it quick, because I've got 36% left on my laptop, having forgotten to... <laughs> so I packed a... Of course I packed a European one, but being the dickhead that I am, totally forgot I'm spending three days in Scotland afterwards. And you know what, dickhead? You might need a Scottish or a UK plug as well. 
<clears throat> yeah, that would have been a good idea. So, oh. uh, yeah, we, we won't dwell on that too much. If you find um, a no. wallet belonging to Mr. R. McGowan, you can tweet him at rmcgowan89. Uh, but we will talk about Heart Celtic. And, yeah, the, the, the day as well, because it was it was the day that we took Stephen uh, from Annan to his first Hearts game, as promised by, by Mr. R. McGowan when Stephen phoned into the podcast. So that was interesting. First time I'd been in at Tynecastle as a fan, as, as, as just a fan, as Robert Borthard put it to me when he saw me pre-game, he's, uh, I'm, a, I'm a civilian today, I'm in my civvy outfit. Um, <laughs> and so that was interesting, first time I think since 2014 I've done that. I don't know um, when the last time I was at a fan, I was there as a fan as well, because I've not been there since 2016, and that was Catherine's first win for her as a fan. It's over 20 years. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, we've both been away from home, watching hearts as as supporters in that time but i've honestly i can't remember i've forgotten what it was like so i'm I'm interested to hear your your thoughts about a getting a different view of a game because normally as commentators we watch games side on but (laughs) you you watch the game from behind you get a totally different perspective watching a football match from behind the goals you do it's literally a different perspective. Um, we'll talk about that and we'll look ahead to RFS as well, coming on Thursday. Okay, you're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So on Saturday, Celtic were in town, and so was Stephen from Annan, and he also took his girlfriend with him. Uh, which was nice. So, if you didn't still girlfriend in, or ex girlfriend now, uh, you never know now. But uh, yeah. about a month ago, we did our first phone in, and Stephen called in um, from Annan, who's been supporting Hearts from afar, and he confessed he'd never been to a game. He just didn't have any friends who are Heart supporters, and just had never made it through. So Ryan McGowan made him the promise on the podcast that he would take him to a game, and and he was going to until Sky Sports Fund and gave him a better offer. So Ryan McCown was in the Sky Sports studio, but I had already taken the day off commentary. So I said, well, I'm I'm still going to go through with it. And when Stephen said, because of trains not being available, his girlfriend was having to drive him through, I suggested, well, there's a vacant seat because I got three tickets. And Mr. McGowan was now up in the the box next to the studio. So he took his girlfriend as well. So it was Amy and Stephen both came and we met in the pub at, yeah, but about 11, half 11 or so. Nice early kickoff, met in the fans' bar. And it was good. A, a very nice guy. Um, Amy was very nice as well. And it, it was just, it felt very weird for me. And apart from anything, um, usually when I go to the football, I just get suited and put my heart's tie on. So it's almost like a school uniform now. I really didn't know what to wear. I was like, what do I wear? <laughs> do you have a lucky scar from way back or a lucky... I still have a scarf and I didn't take it. I didn't take my scarf for it, mainly because I knew we were going to be out afterwards and I just thought I would just leave it somewhere because I ended up like, taking it off. Like a wallet. Yeah. Like that. a wallet. Yeah. See, I've, I've brought my, I brought my lucky scarf over with me. I, you I, I, say I, lucky I, scarf. Have, you, have we lost when you've been wearing it? See, it's not that. It's the scarf you wear. It stinks, but you don't wear it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not into the a lucky jersey. Some people have got that. That's fine if you wear it over something, but if you if you wear it when it's close, right next to your skin, rather than your third or fourth layer, it's going to be minging. So I'm all right with a scarf being rather scented, 
because it's it's got lots of sense. Of, oh, you don't wash a scarf. I've got it's a heart's tartan, the original heart's tartan. That's my my scarf. Yeah, and I, I brought it over with me. Now I'm thinking I would rather have brought a UK adapter, but never mind. Brought <laughs> that out. Hindsight, hindsight. Oh. Oh. Um. So yeah, it was good. It was great. We had we had a few beers before. Um. I was. Did you go before? Where, where did you drink before? So just because, just for ease, we went to the fans bar. All right. Um, just, Is it good? Yeah, I had to meet Rob before um before the game anyway, and just to save us kind of messing around trying to find somewhere where it was going to be best, I just said, meet us at Tank Castle, we'll go to the fans bar. It was fine, yeah. It wasn't too busy, I think, because it was an early kickoff, and then I just had to work out uh, what turnstiles I go into. Can I just... <laughs> Do I have to walk all the way around the side now? I don't know. Cause, uh, we're it's in the it's literally staff. back to basics, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Stephen kept asking me questions. I was like, I don't know. I usually just walk in the front door. <laughs> I'm not allowed to do this for a while. But it was it was good. So we were in the Gorgie stand, quite high up. So we were um, maybe three quarters of the way up in the Gorgie stand, almost bang in the middle of the of the goal. So quite a good view. And um yeah, actually, uh, maybe a better view than what I remember from being behind the goal. Like, it, obviously, things happen in the far side of the pitch. Uh, we're still we're not quite as clear from me from when I'm sitting in the in the uh, Wheatfield stand normally for commentary, but not too bad actually. You could tell most of what was what was going on, and yeah, got a great view of well the Celtic opener, but two Hearts goals in the second half as well, which was good, um, and. Luckily, obviously, I had you and Ryan who were watching, um, had screens, were watching, and could tell me what was going on with VAR because that's one thing I had no idea what was going on with. But um, modern, modern technology. So Ryan's in a Sky Studio, able to to kind of watch replays. I'm in Spain watching Harps TV coverage. You're at the game, and you're having to rely on me in Spain and Ryan in the Sky TV studio high above the main stand to, to find out what the heck's going on with VAR. Yeah, although, and we'll get to it, I still don't see how... He, I was the other side of the stadium behind the goal, and I still I thought it was a stonewall penalty, the first one, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, look at the team, first of all. So we'll, yes. we'll get back to the, we'll get back to the, the, the experience and the, and the night after. Um, but three changes for Hearts. I don't know how we can get to the night after. I can't remember much. But no, anyway, exactly. Forrest, Forrest, Halliday, and Shankland out from the defeat to Aberdeen. In came Smith, Devlin, and Janelli. Devlin obviously back from suspension. Um, and Hearts started with probably got a four-three-three or maybe a four-five-one um, when defending with Gordon and goals. Certainly a back four of Smith, right, Cochrane, left, Sibick and Kingsley in the centre. Um, Kilmert, Soglu, Devlin, Snodgrass, the central midfielders, Janelli, right, Mackay, left, and Stephen Humphreys up front. And it's interesting. We approached this in the exact way I thought was best, which was, you know, we're not going to play a stupidly high line and try and press Celtic all over the pitch. But we were very tactical about how we pressed them. And I think the problem with the Fiorentina game was we didn't press them anywhere. They mm. just had freedom of Tyne Castle all over. But you could see very early on, um, it was that controlled press in the right areas. We let Celtic have the ball all they wanted in the, their half and up to the middle of the park. We pressed them when we were in decent positions up there, but they had lots of the ball. They had almost two-thirds of the ball throughout the game, but we always expected that against Celtic. But a good aggression in the right areas. And a man who was key to this, we'll talk about some big moments, was Cammy Devlin, who 
God, is, has there been a better individual performance this season than Cammy Devlin on Saturday? Well, it would have made life a lot easier if he was from where Natty Atkinson is from, Tasmania, because he performed like a Tasmanian devil. Yeah. He literally was 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 everywhere, and, and, and that's what we need. I thought he was really good. Yeah, he was fantastic from start to finish. Um, Snodgrass in on goal early on had a shot saved by Hart. So this is 14th minute. I thought Snodgrass had a decent game as well, actually. He's just still um, getting up to speed, isn't he? Yeah, he's not quite got the... You can see him start to tire as games go on, but he's certainly got that quality still. Um, shot saved by Hart, but unfortunately, less than a minute later, mm. Celtic were ahead. They went up the part very quickly. This is still a problem, I think, with, with us just now. I thought we were... Showed a good aggression. Um, we we took the game to Celtic at times. We were very unlucky. We'll get to obviously different moments, but still very suspect at the back. It was too easy. They kind of passed in. Uh, Ralston does well enough to to take on Cochrane and get the cut back into the box, but Keo misjudges it a little bit. I think he's trying to slide out for a corner, but in the end, he actually takes the ball away from Gordon. Whether there was a shout from Gordon or not, I don't know. Um, and it just kind of spins up really unfortunately from a Hearts perspective, but very fortunately from a Celtic perspective for James Forrest just to nod it in from no more than a yard or two out. And um, just shows as many positives as we will find from Saturday, you know, we still really are missing some of our key men at the back. Yeah, I'm kind of starting to think now, just name an attacking lineup because you know you're going to concede, so you know you're going to have to score a few. 20 goals we've conceded in six games. Yeah, had that one noted. Sheesh, that's... Uh, it's unacceptable. Uh, but <laughs> there's no point in sitting back knowing you're going to concede. Yeah. You know you're going to concede. We'll have a go. And I thought our response was good. It was. It was excellent. And you know, we were. We certainly never let the heads go down this time, which no. I think was big because we saw that against Aberdeen. Um, as soon as Aberdeen went 1-0 up you just really got that feeling there's no way back and there was still 20 minutes left of the game but the shoulders were slumped and it just looked like that was game over you didn't get that feeling in this one Hearts didn't let that happen and it was a very open game and to be honest um, partly from defensive errors partly from VAR incidents partly from lots of good attacking play and lots of goals it was a very watchable and exciting game oh, it was a super game. and um, Hearts deservedly got level late in the first half. Now, Cammy Devlin, who wasn't just everywhere defending and picking the ball up, he was getting into positions for attack, which is why he ends up winning two penalties. The first one, so we've got a minute left of the half. Um, ball comes in and he just gets there before Cameron Carter-Vickers. And although I'm 100 yards away, up on, up on my feet, I can shout and swear and go mental at this game, which was a nice change. And Stonewaller. But Nick Walsh doesn't give it. Now, I don't know if this is because he knows there's VAR and he doesn't want to make the wrong call, but he's in a decent position and it looked as clear as clear can be penalty-wise, but not even the not giving it as a thing, but it's actually two minutes later that the penalty gets given because he obviously lets play run on until it goes out, then he's listening in his earpiece. I, I, do, not, I do not know how... By the time someone's speaking to him, they still don't know it's a penalty because then they speak away for about a minute and then they send him to the monitor. Now, I think they came to the right decision in the end, so we'll maybe just put it down to early teething issues. But 
it was uh, I found it a bit concerning that it took that long because it looked pretty clear cut. Bill Leckie's written a piece in the Sun today about all the time that was wasted reviewing decisions, which the majority of them were, were clear cut, and yet only X number of minutes were added on at the end. There's two ways to look at this. One, it's new. It's a shiny new toy. It's been brought in at the most ridiculous time of the season. You either start the season with it or you don't bring it in at all. But if you're bringing it in, everyone's got to be up to speed with it, um, literally and metaphorically. And there was no speed from that. It's blatant. I mean, it's it's clear and it's what does he see that makes him think that that's not a penalty? So we could do a whole podcast on VAR and I have no intention of doing so. A couple of points about this. I think the introduction of the video assistant referee in Scotland will show up our officials for being very average. And Friday, it worked all right. Hibs against St. Johnston. Saturday, they, they made a mess of it for both sides. Right? And don't get me the Celtic feeling hard done by. Yeah, well, we felt rather <laughs> hard done by with Takis Fisas and John Guidetti. So don't don't go down that road. You don't win as many trophies as that if you're hard done by. But let's not go down that road. Let's go down the road of VAR, the introduction of it. You commentate every week on Hearts. I commentate every week on La Liga. I did Serie A before that. It's not just me that knows that VAR is in place in other leagues. Referees should know that as well. Referees should have watched that. Referees should have done their homework. The implementation, how it's done. What were the tests? I think there was there was one game at Rickerton that was an under-16, I think it was, Hearts and maybe Hamilton or something a while ago that was tested out. But it's just kind of, it was going to be brought in after the World Cup or even maybe just before the World Cup. Now they've brought it in towards the end of October. I don't think they're ready for it because why you're, they're scrutinising every goal. For, they're looking for something that's wrong. That's not what VAR is. You're not there to re-referee a game. Yeah. I've got a colleague of mine, Dale Johnson, who I read his VAR piece on ESPNFC.com uh, every single Monday, and that's for the English Premier League. And they've struggled with it as well. And you've got to remember, they took an extra year before they brought it into their game because they weren't convinced by it. Bundesliga were one of the first. I was commentating on a game, I think it was Freiburg and Mainz. The halftime whistle went. Most of the players were off the pitch. Had to be brought back because a penalty was subsequently awarded. Yeah, there's going to be teething problems, but we cannot... I hate the fact, Laurie, that the innocence of scoring a goal, you had to do one thing. After looking at the referee head back to the centre circle, you looked at the assistant. If the flag wasn't up, it was a goal. You could celebrate. Now, I don't yeah. like that. I, yeah. I, I think it takes a lot from the game. And also, the one, and I tweeted about this at the time because I was kind of dumbfounded by it, but there's the moment in the first half, and I've seen some you know, some Celtic uh, discussion on this as well, but free kick comes in the box, whistle blows, um, and then it's knocked in at the back post. And they reviewed it. And I was, so I was so confused at the game because I was like, well, you can't review that from a goal. And I think Craig made this point. I thought, well, I assume he did because Craig Gordon ran up to the referee. Um, I was like, he blew the whistle. The game's dead at that point. Correct. You can't, you can't blow the whistle then something happens after it and then review it, you've 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 screwed it. If you if you look at VAR and you see, oh I made the wrong decision, <laughs> sorry, you've you've blown the whistle. That's like that's pretty basic. And I, I I don't know if it was confirmed in the coverage, if that's definitely what they were checking, but I couldn't think anything else they could be checking because well what what else they was just, they, they just made an arse of it. The, the the referee, if he's gonna blow the whistle, he's gonna be a hundred percent sure. 
Because if he's not 100% sure, just let it go. Just We're not talking about let the play continue to develop. I'm talking a bang-bang play. That was a bang-bang play in that the ball came in, ref blows a whistle for a foul, they then put the ball in the back of the net, which doesn't count, can't be reviewed, whistle had already gone, nothing that happens after a whistle goes. That's why referees are told, just kind of give it a split second or two. That's why assistants are now told, keep yeah, the flag yeah. down if you're not sure. So, for all that Nick Walsh is seen as the next shining light in Scottish refereeing, I didn't think he had a very good grip of that game at all. I thought he looked out of his depth. No. And then um, there's another, you know, after the penalty is awarded, we'll get back to that. Shankland, who came off the bench for Humphreys, who had to go off, unfortunately, dispatches it nicely down the middle. There's another incident before the end of the half. Now, interestingly, when we discussed this at the time, um, I was saying, never a penalty, but I'm in my full fan mode behind the goal now. I'm uh, Everything that's was everything, everything for hearts is, is definitely a of decision course. but um mr mcgowan thought it was a penalty having reviewed it you didn't now i have to say having now watched it the following day when i eventually managed to get home um i can i actually agree with 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 ryan in this one but the thing is now obviously celtic have been very unhappy with this one um but it's one of those where because of the way they've changed the handball rule and you can yeah. um, you can go into this it is still down to interpretation. So although I do now think it probably should have been a penalty looking at it again, it's still down to interpretation. So you can still, those get given sometimes and they don't get given sometimes. Yeah. It just depends on the referee and how they look at it at the time. Okay, okay. This is, I like this kind of chat. How many people, while commenting, and that includes fans, on this incident know the exact law of IFAB, of FIFA, the laws of the game. Because they've heard something. What if you listen to the wrong person? What if you listen to John Hartson, that Celtic cheerleader, <laughs> who Sky TV, by the way, aha, Sky are well aware. Don't expect to see John Hartson on Sky for a while unless he's promised to not be a cheerleader because they were not happy. And I've got that from the inside. But anyway, so... What makes this work worse is Michael Smith's reaction. It's like a shit, I've been caught. Yeah. It's like a, a kid in a candy store who's nicked a strawberry or a lemon bonbon and then just at the, just when he thinks he's got away with it, the kind of shopkeeper turns around and goes, ha gotcha. So he takes his arm away. Right, so back to Dale Johnson. I know most of the laws of the game. I know the laws of the game I need to kind of know. There's obviously ones that are quirky that become pretty difficult and it's you've got to have a broad kind of uh, a broad grasp of the law. So I messaged Dale. That can definitely go either way, says Dale. There's an exception in the laws for bringing your arm into your body, but it's a grey area between that and moving your arm to the ball. I doubt it would have been overturned if given, mm -hmm. and clearly it was unlikely to be overturned when it wasn't. So the problem here for all of us, and including the referees, and this isn't having a go at Nick Walsh or, or the officials here, the problem is the wording of the law. I've spoken to a couple of, of senior refs, one's an ex-ref who's now... He's involved still with, with other refs. They do not like the wording. 
they've tried to they took out ten thousand words from the laws of the game to try and simplify it, and they made an arse of it. The handball law has just been butchered, and it's left us with no one has a clue. So if Nick Walsh gives that as a penalty, it's not getting overturned. And because he hasn't given it, it's not being overturned. It looks like it probably should be. But for me, this is when you're when you're correct about the subjectivity and how far away from his body does Michael Smith's arm have to be before it's, quote, not in a natural position? And then it strikes the arm, it's chipped forward, and what you're going to get is you're going to get players just chipping balls against arms and hands to try and get penalties. And which, some will be they, which they did at one point, remember? And, and that's the thing. So what you could get, Laurie, this weekend, I think Ross County play Hearts, you could get it on Thursday when Hearts play RFS. But with VAR... On Sunday, is it Sunday Ross County against Hearts? I think it is. It is yes, yeah. it is. So we've got VAR again. You could get that same incident. And no doubt we will. Maybe not in our game, but in a game this season. You'll get a similar, very similar incident. And there'll be a penalty awarded for it. And people will look and say, well, what's the difference? And the, the answer is there is no difference. It just wasn't given. The problem here is the wording of the letter of the law when it comes to the handball. And when Dale says that can definitely go either way, that's the problem for officials, for fans. It's the laws of the game that are an ass here. Nothing to do with the officials. But thankfully, from a heart's perspective, it wasn't given. But can't lie, if it was if it's other end, we'd probably be talking about how disappointed we were that we didn't get that one. And that's, I guess, the way those types of decisions go. I thought but, I thought they would have got it. I honestly thought they would. Now that I know about the whole, it's not going to be overturned if if it's not given instantly. Your first instinct is shit. That's a yeah, yeah. I, I, at the game, I did. I, I don't know. Again, it's maybe just the slightly biased view. I, I, I wasn't sure, but when I saw it again, I was very surprised it didn't get given. To be honest, but it wasn't one-one at halftime, um, and in the second half, and Hart started the game brilliantly. And another player who had a fantastic game, and we've we've maybe not seen enough of it from is Josh Ginelli, who was back in the starting eleven and did brilliantly on the right. Just just being direct and taking players on, um, takes man on low across the box and Lawrence Shanklin doing what we signed him for, which is just being that man in the penalty area, just to tap it in. It's a, it's a simple finish, but making sure he stays in line, being in the right position at the right time. That's what we paid the money for to get a number nine to do that. And it just carried on some great momentum from the first half. And I think having someone like you know, Josh Ginelli certainly splits opinion, and we know we've spoken about it before. He's not done enough for long periods of time, long periods of time. But if he can do more of that, then it's someone worth keeping around. <laughs> it's like playing golf. An average twenty-something handicapper, duff, 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 great shot. Then the hunger comes back. I know I can do it. Right, do it consistently. It's another good shot, duff. Duff, duff. Another good shot. It's the inconsistency, but show me a consistent winger. Josh Ginelli's pace is, is what we needed. Josh Ginelli's had ample opportunity to be consistent, to show that on a regular basis, and hasn't taken it. So if we want to go to the next level, Josh Ginelli's probably not part of the plans. But when you see Josh Ginelli perform the way that he's capable of, you think to yourself, there's a player there. So, I don't know. I don't know how you get that out of the rest of him every single week, but he made a difference. 
with the pace. He, he really did. I thought our tempo was excellent. And it brings me to the point that I want to make. I was looking back, and I, I, I don't think you can underestimate the fact that Hearts had a full week to prepare for that game. We have struggled. We haven't been good at trying to deal with Sunday, Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, whatever it is. We've, we've been poor defensively. We've not had a chance to work on things. And it's just the same mistakes are being made over and over again. And ultimately, it's because we don't have our first-choice defenders there. And it's square pegs and round holes. So I looked back, and we beat Dundee United, having had a week to prepare for that one. The only other game where we had more than a week to prepare was the Rangers game, where we didn't really have too many players away on the international scene. And there was a lot of them working at Rickerton and we were optimistic about a decent performance against Rangers and we got thumped 4-0. So for games that we've we've had a full week to prepare, so we've had the momentum from the previous week. And I say momentum, I know the, the defeat at Aberdeen wasn't momentum, but we, we didn't have a game. We had a chance to work on our failings um, and our failures from the weekend. And I just thought that contributed to the effervescence of the performance, which I don't think we've seen in many games. The players have looked tired. He made one or two tweaks. Now, with, again, four or five days and then three days for the Ross County game following the RFS game, we'll, we'll see. But we've, we've seen something again from, from Hearts. And I know it was a defeat, but we said last week on this podcast... We didn't expect to win, but we wanted some positives that we could grasp onto. And I think we got those, Laurie. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think what we wanted was some some fight, uh, yep. some passion and some aggression. And we said, you know, we just wanted, if Celtic are going to leave Tynecastle with three points, we want to make them work for it. And I think we definitely did that. Although the disappointing thing at this point is, you know, we're ahead early in the second half. By their remark, we're behind again. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 2 2 easy again. A corner just curled into the box and Yakamakis nods it in. If you've got Craig Halkett dominating the centre in that position, does it happen? Maybe, maybe not. Um, we, don't, we don't. We don't have, we don't have adequate replacement because we're hearts. We're not this team that makes millions from, from European runs. This is our first European run. We have to learn from this. But we have what we have as a backup. And as I said to you, I mean, that back, well, I'm just glad that Michael Smith was available because God knows what that would have meant. It probably would have meant a lefty having to play in the at right yeah. back because Andy Halliday would have would have come in. So, um, and, it, and he did towards the end, but by that point, it was just Hail Mary time trying to get an equaliser. But 3-2 Celtic, 59th minute, Aaron Moy with a shot, which Craig Gordon, I think himself, would be very disappointed at uh, spills it into the path of Maeda, who knocks it in on the rebound. And, you know, we've spoken about Craig recently as well. Um, by far, Hart's best player last season. A country mile. One of the main reasons Hart's have, have been as good as he, he, wasn't, he wasn't just the exactly. best player at Hearts. He was the best player in the country. Does he need a break? Yep. I think he does. I wouldn't, you know, uh, not, not, not in Europe. I want him to equal the European record and hopefully break it. Um, but Ross County this weekend, if if Xander Clark, and it depends, if, if Xander Clark's up to standard now, up to speed, um, I'd I'd put him in for a game. That that's all. And yeah, yeah. I, I'd I, I'd have the defenders work working with them. Um, yeah, just just a fresh and 
just to freshen things up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not <laughs> sounds like we're dropping them. He's not. I mean, it's Craig Gordon. He's not. You 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 say in the grand scheme. You don't, you don't drop Craig Gordon. He's not, playing, he's not playing badly, but he just doesn't look as good as he had. And, you know, with the amount of games he's played, with, you know, it's, you know recently had a, another child, there's a lot going on. I think it sometimes, I don't know, it's maybe just, it's not just a physical thing. Cause he's, he's a goalkeeper, so he's not having to run about much. But sometimes I think maybe players just need a wee break. And I say the same for Barry Mackay. Yeah. Although, although I think, Craig Gordon is more important to Hearts than yes, Barry Mackay. I'm not going to criticise Craig Gordon because, as I say, I don't think he's playing. On the whole, I think he's still playing fine. He's just but when you set look at Laurie, making when you, when you set standards as high as he did. Yeah, practically impossible to replicate. I mean, gee, it was the bar was so high. So you get a shot like that that he he he'll know he should have done better. But that's happened two or three times this season. So just for a wee reset, that's yeah. all. Just out yeah. for one game. And then bring him back for the, for the next game. I and you've got to give you've got to give Sander Clark some games at some point well, as well. Exactly. I mean, I don't think he didn't sign to never play. No, so. and, he, and he will. And and look, the the whole ninety nine consecutive games trying to get hundred that ain't going to happen now because uh, I mean at the end of last season I think Ross Stewart played in goal at Motherwell or or whatever. So yeah, just just take him at the firing line a little bit. Um, give him a wee break, but not a European game because I want him to equal this record. Indeed. But again, the positive thing here is recently you think, well, this is another easy moment for the shoulders to slump and the heads to go down. Oh, they didn't. Oh, we've we've gone, we've actually managed to go ahead against Celtic and we're suddenly behind again. No, a couple of minutes later, right back up there. And again, Janelli's evolved into the box and the fantastic Cammy Devlin's onto it again so fast. And this one's even clearer than the first one. So Nick Walsh actually does make the decision. Obviously, it gets checked, but. I don't think it was ever going to get overturned. Um, brilliant bit of play by Devlin to win the penalty. Now it gets interesting here because obviously Shankland takes the penalty, saved by Hart. Ginelli managed to get the rebound after a little touch from Shankland. Um, but after a long delay, uh, it's ordered as a retake for some encroachment. Um, you know, there was talk of it was Hart at first, but it looked like it was, I think, two Celtic players and Josh Ginelli as well, just about. I think the Celtic players are certainly ones mainly in the box, but then it's, what, four minutes after the penalty was originally awarded that Shanklin takes it again. And I do like his bottle here to go the same side that he just missed <laughs> and roll it in. Because when you have to retake a penalty... That's when the real the mind games go on, and that's yeah. when the pressure's on mentally because, like, the keeper, even more so if the keeper saved it, he's like, "Well, do I go again?" And it's one of those in my head. I was thinking, right, if he, if you score your first penalty, try and do the same again. If you miss it, is the keeper going to think, "I'll do something different"? And is that why he then decided he would just repeat it again? I don't know. Only Lawrence Shanklin knows that, but it was. Uh, a bit of a strange four minutes, um, wasn't it? And um, right call to retake it because their guy was in it as well. So, with um, with a penalty for encroachment, if it's the player who ultimately has a part to play in a goal being scored from any rebound who has encroached, in this instance, Josh Janelli. It would be an indirect free kick if he was the only one to have done it. 
but because Celtic defenders went in as well and they were involved, then it becomes a retaken penalty. But the next time, if the player who is first to the rebound is the only one who has encroached and he's an attacking player, an indirect free kick would be awarded to the defensive team. So we were beneficial, sorry, we were benefited there by the Celtic players um, who also made a play on the ball encroaching in the box as well. Again, it's the that's that's way buried deep in in, in the laws of the game, um, but yeah, it was the right decision. And by, by the way, some some people think, oh, you only had one foot on the line. You only need to have if you're a goalkeeper, yeah. you, only, you only need to have one foot on or behind the line. Uh, yeah. Your other foot can. I mean, it depends how far your stride is. If you want to be like that, but you, you, that they'll check that as well. Uh, any saved penalty, um, the first thing they would do. Uh, is is double check? I think did Al McGregor not get done with that recently in a in the uh, in the Champions League um, at Ibrox? I think he did, um, or there was encroachment or or something. But yeah, it was it was it was the right call, and, and good on Lauren Shanklin for for converting the penalty. And then the quite incredible statistic that uh, well, you forwarded on. It was from the is it the SPL stats account, which uh, well. I, I have not double-checked this, but they're usually pretty bang on with their data, which said that Lawrence Shanklin is the first player to score a hat-trick against Celtic in domestic football since 1985, when yeah. Frank McDougall scored mm-hmm. four for Aberdeen at Pataudry. That yeah. is it's incredible. Quite astounding, and, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I retweeted that, sent it to you, sent it to Luke Shanley as well, and he was able to, to kind of give it to Ian Crocker. Um, but the other thing is as well that I sent to Luke and to send to you when I went on to London Hearts because there's a they've got so many different stats. It's a brilliant website, and I thought, I wonder how many how many Hearts players have scored hat tricks against Celtic in competitive games, and he's only the third. It was eighteen ninety five? I think it was was it Willie Gibson nineteen seventy six? Yeah, one... Jimmy Sanderson actually brought that one up. He's like, did, did Willie Gibson not score a hat trick against Celtic? Or there you go, good old Jimmy. Well, Jimmy, yeah, he's, 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 he knows more. He knows more than he lets on sometimes. Right. Um, but yeah, three three, all to play for. But I think one of the one of the concerns I don't know if you felt as watching this game was again. It's like I hope we go and try and win this because I can't see us not conceding again with twenty five minutes still to go playing Celtic. That was the only thing with this game. You just, I was like, I don't think we can try and play for a three three here at this point. I think we just have no. to keep trying to attack. They had, they had, I, I don't know what it is, and this isn't something that's new. I mean, you can go back as long as you want. I remember the 80s, Scottish Cup semi-final, where 1-0 up, they scored too late on. They just have a habit of playing right to the very end. I mean, I remember last season at Ross County, and they do look at this season against Ryan St. Johnston. St. Johnston scored, and there's still time for, for Celtic. It's just a mentality thing. I wish Hearts had that. We scored a few late goals. Don't get me wrong, but this never say die, never beaten attitude. I like that. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And and I know they didn't score late. It was Greg Taylor, but you kind of thought at three three, if they get another one, we've we've done it a few times. We ain't going to get back into this one. But we we did our best. It was just a reaction, Laurie. There was a reaction, and 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 that was heartening. But again, it's all right doing that against Celtics. All right, Lon Shanklin scoring a hat trick there. I think that's him up to seven now in the league. Um, yep. for the season. Seven in the uh, league, nine overall. Yep. But it's all about doing it regularly. It's about producing that effervescence, that kind of getting about them. 
and not just when the big teams come or for the important games. Ross County is just, if not more important than Celtic, and I think it's more important because anything you get from Celtic is a bonus. Yeah. Ross County, that's a game we have to win because teams above us are starting to just get a little bit further away from us now. Yeah. Yeah, so 14 minutes ago, Abada hits the ball towards goal. Bit unlucky for Hearts. It takes a deflection, which just takes it right into the path of Greg Taylor. Michael Smith there, but it's very difficult for him to to try and go to the ball without actually just knocking it in himself. So it's not the tidiest of goals, and it was to be the winner. But that's what happens. I mean, what I liked about this, I mean, 37% possession, which doesn't mean much because we did a lot with it. We had 15 shots in that game against Celtic. It was, I thought the way we opened Celtic up was very positive. However, different games coming up, and we'll speak about RFS um, in a few moments, but what suited Hearts in this game was that they were playing Celtic, I think, and Celtic push players forward. They left gaps in there. Um, We won't be able to play like that against everyone. No. Remember the Ross County game? Was it 1-1 or 2-2 up there? I just remember watching it on Hearts TV last season and Uh, battered them. Absolutely battered them and and still end up not getting all three points. Um, It's just defensively. I mean, you can't keep moving these pieces around. You've got to develop an understanding. We're talking about changing goalkeepers. We have what we have, but we're not learning lessons. And another... Every time the opposition got a set piece, a set piece, usually a corner, it's like, oh dear. And we we just I was trying to decide who who was on who for for Yakamakis's goal, and just it wasn't good enough. It's a super header, by the way. I mean, that is a top drawer header. Aaron Moy's delivery, Yakamakis with a brilliant headed uh, goal, but defensively, I mean. We'll look all over the place. We we have to learn because again, that's that's a scouting report for when facing Hearts. Get the ball into the box from set pieces, um, six yard box. They're a mess, and we are. So we need to learn from that. But when do you have the time to do that? We need to find the time to do that. Well, hopefully they'll have a better time to work on things because the games are still coming thick and fast, and we've got more to talk about. Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Okay, on Thursday, Hearts host RFS at Tynecastle. Um, a game which, in terms of progressing, I think most Hearts fans will feel, although it's mathematically still possible, that the chances of us getting through Group A in the Europa Conference League are all but gone. However, whether you think that is the case or not, a win is worth half a million euros. Exactly. So that's a pretty good incentive. And Mark, I'm sure you're very much looking forward to, to being at Tynecastle for a, a European group stage game. I am. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Tynecastle under the lights. That Kilmarnock game I went to for Cathro's last win, the 4-0 game between Christmas and New Year, I think it was 2016, was night time. 
under the lights, but a, a European tie under the lights is, is is special. I mean, we've spoken before when we've done memories and we've had all the emails and messages about everybody's favourite European memories of games at Tyne Castle. Some of my best hearts memories are European nights at Tyne Castle, um, Slavia Prague, Bayern Munich. Uh, the Stuttgart game, that was incredible. Atletico Madrid, just something about them. And I know there's still some tickets available. I hope I hope Hearts fans are, are kind of enthused by the performance middle to front on, on Sunday against Celtic or Saturday, whenever the hell it was. And 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 decide to, to go along because I'll be I'll be annoyed if we don't win this one. Um we we should, but you you can't you can't just assume. I mean, if I'm RFS, I'm looking at those twenty goals that Hearts have conceded in the last six, and I'm looking at them and saying, "Hey, we've been to Fiorentina and drawn one-one. We've drawn at home to Istanbul, Bashakshi here. Why should we fear Hearts?" Um, that's the way they've got to look at it. But under the lights, can't wait. Just even just driving in today to the hotel from the airport tonight, and and driving past Murrayfield, and then I kind of went. Sniffed that and smelt that scent of the the distillery, and I know it's not as strong as it used to be. The kind of whatever it is, yeast or whatever. I keep getting told off. I used to say it was a brewery. I was like, no, it's a distillery. Whatever it is, the hops, the yeast, whatever. Just it's home. It's it's Tyne Castle. It just evokes memories of the Gorgie farms. Yeah, it does. It does. Going to the Gorgi fish bar beforehand, getting a chippy and the usual program sellers just. Just singing, singing the Gorgie Fish Bar song. I, you were speaking last week on the show about being in Florence and a lot of songs you'd never heard before. Um, what's the, what's the excuse me for not knowing it, or maybe I do? What, how does the Gorgie Fish Bar song? Oh, it's it's just a chant, and at the end of the say Gorgie Fish Bar. But um, oh. but wh- why not? Why not? Okay. I, mean, I don't know if it, I, I don't know if it catches on. I've not I've not heard it in a game, but there's got to be more to it than that. You can't just shout Gorgie Fish Bar. Why not? What if the response is salt and sauce or salt and vinegar? Just is that all they do? Just shout Gorgie Fish Bar. Well, at the end of a chant. Come on, Gorgie Fish Bar. Well, that's, I mean, that's all. I, that's all I heard. But I mean, I've not. I'm I'm not up to speed with these. Things, we we are not the two people to ask about Hearts chants. No, given our lack of uh, our lack of knowledge of them and our lack of being in with the fans at games. Yeah, and the only I mean, Fiorentina was far too many beers deep to to remember enough of what happened during the match. And Saturday, Gorgi stand wasn't maybe as as bouncing as other areas of the state. But anyway, anyway, in terms of um, what were we talking about? How do we? T- how are we talking about the Gorgie fish? RFS sense the, the Gorgie, the Gorgie smells. So Gorgie injury situation. We've heard that Gary McKay Stephen has now broken his foot, albeit not really in the picture much anyway. But I suppose some positive news, although still not entirely clear, is that Kai Rolls and Craig Halker are both back running. Should be back soon. But they mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we'll see not, that before the World Cup. No, not for Thursday anyway. That's that was definitely not for no, Thursday. Peter Haring Haring, back for Thursday. Yeah, Haring back after his uh, break from playing with a concussion he suffered at Pataudry. Uh RFS ended a five-match winless streak of their own at the weekend. They won four 0 away to our um, another one of our favourite Latvian teams, Supernova, <laughs> and yeah. 
you know, no mugs. So they, as you mentioned, they've drawn with Fiorentina, they've drawn with Bashak here. No mugs. Now, be such a different game than the Celtic match. We will not be able to play like we did in the Celtic game because RFS will be the exact opposite of Celtic. In fact, they will sit mm-hmm. with players behind the ball. Yep. Um, they'll be physical. They'll be hard to beat, hard to break down. And they'll try and catch us when we've committed players forward to try and get hit us on the break. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a test of us and how we approach this game because it's going to be a test of patience, Laurie. Yes, test of patience indeed. From the stands and on the pitch as well. Given the the, the likelihood is, even although they're going to sit in, the likelihood is they're going to score. And I know, well, but the way we're defending, like you said, exactly. 20, so, twenty goals in six matches. The likelihood is they're probably going to score, so we're probably going to need two. So have a goal. Just just have a goal. Do we know if if Humphrey's injury is going to keep him out or? I haven't heard an update on it, but he seemed to suggest after the game that it wasn't anything too serious. Good. Um, I have not seen anything confirmed yet. I'd start he... Shankland and Humphreys up front. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, Humphreys has been one of our better players recently, and Shankland <laughs> scored a hat-trick at the weekend. So That's not a high bar. If they're both fit, then they both play. They both play. So Is that 4-4-2? Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? Does, does Hanning just go on the bench? We're not bringing him back straight in. Are we, are we keeping the same team from from Sunday? Um, Maybe doing Snodgrass replaced by Shanklin? Because that that was tough playing 90 for, for Snodgrass. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably just make the one change. If everyone else is available and Humphreys is fit, I'd just do Snodgrass replaced by... Lauren Shankland and go four four two. Potentially, it does. I mean, I would almost be inclined to take Mackay out for for Shankland if I. I just think you need nah. You, you need creativity in this one, and against the bigger teams, we've got less of the ball. I, I think it's easier for him not to be seen because the the type of player he is. He's a player that can unlock a defense. He's a player that can play a through ball. He's a player I think we need because they're going to sit deep. We need a bit of creativity. And I think he's a player that we use when we know we're going to have more of the ball. Against Celtic, yeah, you could argue, well, you could play someone else instead of him. But I think against RFS, I think Mackay starts in in this one just because he's got something that most of our players don't have. And that's that kind of thing. It's like playing snooker or chess, you're thinking three or four moves ahead, and, and Barry Mackay can do that, so I can see him unlocking the RFS defence and getting balls in, so just with Snod- Snodgrass isn't quite yet up to speed that'll have helped him a lot, playing 90 minutes um, I, I'd have him coming off the bench I'd, I'd have Devlin and, and Keo um, as as a midfield pair and uh, in a 4-4-2 I'd be happy with that I think Going attacking, playing both Shanklin and Humphreys is important. Obviously, Devlin has to play in there. I think defensively, you know, we've not got much option if there's uh, <laughs> McPherson, McLaren, Levine. Do you know, despite so, despite the fact we conceded four goals at the weekend and we talked about some defensive frailties, I thought Sibic and Kingsley actually did okay. And uh, which I know it sounds weird when we conceded four goals. Celtic, they didn't, it wasn't like they were creating clear chance after clear chance. They actually, they were pretty deadly when they got their chances. 
you know they didn't really mess around and didn't spurn any. And I'm not saying it was perfect at the back, but considering how shaky we've looked in positions, I actually thought they were okay, especially given the caliber of the opposition. Well, I was damned by faint praise. I think it is. I, I, it, it is what it is. You know, we've, know what we've, you mean. Criti- we've criticized both, especially you know, especially Civic at times. Um, you know, we know he's struggled. He's talked to it himself, struggling to to find form and some of the you know, the pressure he's been under. Um, I thought he looked a bit nervy at Petodrick at times, but I, I thought on the whole they both did okay when you consider they've not really had an awful lot of games together and they've been under a lot of pressure. I don't mind Lewis Nielsen being taken out of the firing line right now because I don't know what, what good it yeah, does. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he was excellent against RFS away when he came on for Halkett, but no, I mean that's just that, that's throwing extra gasoline on a dumpster fire by yeah by by putting them in. Look, we brought I assume we bought Sibic as a centre back, and if he can't get into this defence, I mean give the kid a chance. And Kingsley alongside him, fine. Look, it is what it is. Uh, wait till Rolls and Halkett back, get back, and and Sibic's not going to see a first choice kind of jersey, a starting jersey. But just play him just now and. It's, I think it's I think it's easier for Civic with Michael Smith to his right. I didn't like Civic in the centre back on the right hand side with Natty Atkinson on the right. That just gave me oof, made me nervous. But Civic Michael Smith might not have the legs and, and certainly isn't going to play thirty eight games a season. Um, but he's a steadying influence, uh, and and he talks he talks through he talks players his teammates through uh, through matches. So yeah, look. This isn't a case of it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's a case of what, it's what we've got. Just get yeah. on with it and be better. Indeed. You want to you, you make a prediction for this one? RFS? Yeah. 3-1 hearts. Okay. 3-1 hearts. I kind of like the and, sound of that. Kinda like and the sound Barry, of that. I, think, I think Barry Mackay will get among the goals. Okay. What okay. about you? I like that. I, I do like the sound of that scoreline. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go with the same scoreline, but I can't go with the same goal scorer. So about, we've not had a Kingsley free kick for a while. Is he still on them with Snodgrass kind of lurking? Uh, he's not been on them all. Um, no. Mackay's taken some when they've been the other side as well. So he's okay. not. He's not got the same. He's not got the same. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the goal for Ginelli. Oh, nice. Yeah, I thought he played well. Um, he almost scored actually away to RFS as well. So I'm going to yeah, go with the Ginelli goal in three-one okay. Hearts. Um, and yeah, well, let's let's hope the scoreline comes to fruition. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. That just about brings us to the end of the podcast this week uh, just to uh, remind everyone we did our uh, draw for the raffle that was in aid of uh, MND Scotland which raised more than £1,500 remember Stevie Morris very kindly joined us last week to make the draw I have now contacted all the winners uh, if you were one of the winners check your check your messages check your emails because uh, i will have been in touch just to confirm details of getting those prizes out there that was the book donated by tony brown which is the triumph and tragedy of 1905 12 that was won by alan scrimger uh, 51 shirts the book by grant young 
uh, a journey around 51 heart shirts and the stories behind them. That was won by Phil Fielding. Uh, the signed Charlotte Parker Smith Hearts women's shirt from last season was won by Jim Marshall. FIFA 23 was won by Craig Dick. That was donated by ourselves at the podcast. Ryan McGowan will be donating a signed shirt. We just need to make the arrangements for that, but that will be going out to Ryan Freighter. And the heart signed shirt, which I just need to collect from the club, who very kindly donated that, was won by Mark Fullerton. So well done to everyone for that. And thank you to everyone again who donated to earn uh, a lovely bit of money for such a wonderful charity as well, which is very close to the hearts of us and many other Jambos at the moment. We should as well say, Mark, you know, know, we've had a bit of a laugh. It was a a cracking night out on Saturday. So we had a great, a great, I I wonder if you're going to get back to this. I hope, I hope Stephen enjoyed it. You know, we went out afterwards, Robert Borthwick came and met us, a few of my friends were out there, a few of his friends. Um, Jimmy Sanderson came out and joined us for a wee while as well. Ryan, of course, uh, when he'd managed to escape the Sky Sports studio, came out and it was yeah, it was great. We we were in. We, we gave him a bit of a tour. So we obviously did the fans bar before the game. We took him to the Tynecastle Arms afterwards. Went up to the Diggers for a bit. Um, went up to the Golden Rule afterwards as well. And he got a taste of it. And he you know he met lots of Hearts fans who were very keen to chat to him. I think his girlfriend did enjoy the football on the day out as an experience as well. And you know he, he said he'll definitely be back. And uh, and it's great, although. We did get some people jokingly messaging us about, you know, when when's the next offer for doing these things? Someone messaged us saying, oh, I've never been to a Champions League final, by the way. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I did have to tell, I did have to tell Stephen, I said, you know, it's not always like this. You know, you don't always get to go to the game. Um, I was going to say, I'll take you to the game. I mean, that's just, that's, that's nothing, but you get a Hearts Scottish Cup winner to, to go out with you for beers afterwards as well. I mean, sometimes, and you get a seven-goal thriller against Celtic. I mean, although we lost, as days out go, football and what happened afterwards, that's 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 pretty decent. But I, should also- I know I know you had a good night out because of two things. One, there were no photos sent, and neither there should. If you're on a night out, you're not on a night out to go. Oh, great, pose. You take photos, fine, but you don't post them. Right, posting them for afterwards. The the sign of a good night is you get the photos the next again morning after <laughs> you get photos of the hangover food which you require because you're absolutely hang minging from the night before. <laughs> that you did it the right way. It was the food first, then it was the photos from the night before that you sent, and you didn't send any when you were out enjoying yourself. That's the way it should be on a good night out. It was. It was it was a very good night out. But I also want to say, you know, he's not here. Well, I'll give him credit. He had a very good game on Friday at Easter Road. Oh, he loved that, did he not? And he managed to beat the Hibs. Um <laughs> which it's more and, than we did. <laughs> and he managed managed to nutmeg a hit managed to nutmeg, nutmeg a hibs play in a build up to And he assisted the he assisted the assist. He did. Secondary assist for Mr. McGowan. Hopefully he managed to get that, uh, yeah, that clause. In his contract after we spoke about contract. it. Yeah. But he had a great game um, in the second half when, when Saints turned that around. So well done to him. It's, it's good that it's going well there for the Saints. And I think it made, made he was even more popular around Gorgie when he was around. <laughs> so don't don't tell him I said that. But um, it was good. He'll know. He's ours. He, he's ours. He's, he's brilliant. We love him to bits. And it just shows you. I mean, 
again, I, I lived, as did Stevie Morris, vicariously through all the Hearts fans that were in Florence and, and, and the night out as well. I kind of, I, it was about 400 bloody messages I had to go through to read them all, but it was, it was, it was enjoyable reading them all. He's just us. He's just a lad. He's just another kid. He just enjoys himself. He's, he's just, he's, he's brilliant. He's ours. He's Ryan McGowan. He's a good lad. Yes. Didn't get to go to the Gorgie Fish Bar. We missed it. It was already closed by the time I was trying to get some food. Gorgie but... Fish Bar. <laughs> Indeed. Is that what they do? <laughs> so we, we are going to try and be back later in the week um, yeah. if things work out. We'll How do we record there. from the Gorgie Fish Bar? This is a European week, so we do try and do our um, make some noise on Thursday night. So we're going to try and do something, but I don't want to do want to confirm things We yet, may because... or may not. We, we will try. I might have an adapter by then. My phone might be charged. Yeah, you're going to need to charge your phone since you're yeah. in Scotland until Friday. Mm -hmm. um, but whatever happens, we will be back at some point to review the RFS game. Soon. And um, if it doesn't happen on Thursday, we'll obviously be back to review the Ross County game as well. But let's hope Hearts either back performance-wise, uh, but... Still need to get back to winning ways. So hopefully that happens on Thursday. Uh, everyone enjoy the game. It'll be great to see you, Mark, back at Tin Castle. Yeah, back forward. in Gorgie. Looking forward to that. Um, but until then, thanks for tuning in. Uh -huh.